0: The anticipation is building, and so is the hype. You might say the force is awakening.
1: The force,
0: it's calling to you. And at this point, you may be wondering if you downloaded the wrong podcast. But I assure you, this is the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Tamara Keith, White House correspondent.
2: I'm Scott Detrow. I cover the campaigns and tech.
3: I'm Brett Neely, I'm a political editor here, and we are all together because we're Star Wars nerds. And Tam is wearing Princess Leia
2: buns as we speak in the studio, <laughs> which sadly do not double as headphones.
0: <laughs> but with earbuds, you can still wear your Leia buns and tape your Star Wars podcast. But you don't have to be a total Star Wars junkie to enjoy this. We swear. You just need to know what this means.
2: I am your father. That, of course, is Darth Vader telling the Jedi Luke Skywalker that he is his father because Star Wars is in the end just a big family drama.
0: But it is also a political drama, or at least as we started watching the prequels to get ready for the new movie coming out, we realized that those movies that came out about a decade ago they are political movies. It's it's like C-SPAN with some lightsaber fights.
3: From the opening scroll. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute.
0: Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo.
2: While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, The Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. Taxation of trade routes. (laughs) Okay. So this is all politics. In fact, I'd say like the central plot of the first movie is politics, and maybe we should refresh because I don't know if everybody else has kind of taken the time to rewatch two like subpar painful movies like we have. <laughs> Mostly people purge them from their minds. And,
0: so. and also I just want to toss in here that when you say the first movie, you mean episode one, and not episode four, which is the one that many of us consider the first Star Wars movie, right. the one that came out in 1979.
3: The fourth in the chronological sequence of when the movies
2: came out. Right, so I will just quickly recap That uh, the plot of The Phantom Menace, as we just heard from The Crawl, is all about Queen Amidala and a couple other people trying to get to the Capitol and to get the Senate to intervene and stop this invasion of her planet. The
0: trade blockade.
2: The trade blockade done by the Trade Federation, yes.
0: So this is a clip with a senator, then Senator Palpatine, and Queen Amidala.
1: I must be frank, Your Majesty, there is little chance the Senate will act on the invasion.
0: Chancellor Valorum seems to think there is hope. If I may
1: say, so, your majesty, the chancellor has little real power. He is mired by baseless accusations of corruption. The bureaucrats are in charge now.
0: What
2: options have we?
1: Our best choice would be to push for the
2: election... And I think it's fair to say this is representative of, like, the bulk of dialogue
3: <laughs> in, these, in these films. And, and the accents. Like, I forgot about the accents.
0: Oh, there are so many. Misa propose that the senate give immediately emergency powers to the supreme oh. chancellor. <laughs> so so in the, these movies there's an elected queen
3: there's an elected queen and and the senators represent planets,
2: right? But then it also seems like their version of like the state department or like the agriculture department, you know, these like administrative bodies also vote in the senate. I mean, basically it makes zero sense when you stop and think about it. And and that's why Brett I think you found somebody to help us out on this situation.
3: It turns out that the world is filled with people who have a lot of opinions about how the Star Wars universe is governed. Uh, One of them is Seth Maskett, and... uh, He's actually a political scientist. He's the chair of the political science department at the University of Denver and also a very, very, very huge Star Wars nerd who spent a lot of time thinking about this political system and writing about it.
0: He was eight years old when the original Star Wars movie came out. And when The Phantom Menace came out, he was a grad student at UCLA studying political science. And whereas we all recoil... At that opening scroll, he had a very different reaction.
1: Yeah, that was probably the first moment where, you know, maybe a grad student in political science was sort of excited by that opening crawl and everyone else was sort of thinking, I have a bad feeling about this.
2: So we all sat down with him the other day. And I think one of the main questions that we all wanted to talk about, was, what is going on here? How does the system work? Uh, To be fair and honest with you, I'm not sure George Lucas understands
1: either. But the way we see the Senate portrayed is actually kind of a mess. You know, for one thing, the very first time we see it, Queen Amidala, who's not even a member of the Senate, is invited and given speaking powers. And she actually puts forward a motion of no confidence in the chancellor. So you can actually have an outsider in there. Putting Um, up a no confidence
0: vote. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Basically bringing down a government. And I do a uh, congressional simulation class in which I show some clips from the Galactic Senate and just talk about you know where the holes in that system are and how our simulation might get around some of those
2: things.
0: Basically, any legislative body his students could create would probably be better than the one that was in that movie.
2: What what struck me on this kind of community of political scientists is they argue about the little things like you know was the Senate organized in a good way? Should there have been stronger minority parties in the Senate? But they also argue about like the really fundamental things that that are at the heart of these movies, like whether or not the Jedi are, are good or evil, which as a refresher is like a pretty critical assumption that the Jedi are on the good side. Yeah,
0: No, they are obviously good. They are the good guys. But or or maybe, not. I was yeah.
2: totally blown away when we talked to him. I mean, they clearly
1: play some role in the old republic of enforcing peace. There's some sort of peace officers. They're also this very secretive religious order that still seems to have a, a, an important role in the government. The chancellor seems to have the power to appoint people to the Jedi Council. They play a very weird and very undemocratic role, and they don't seem to be subject to anyone else's rules other than their own.
2: Like, he did make some good points that that, that it is kind of a strange setup that they've got going on there. I don't know. Did any of you buy this?
3: You know, I mean, we have a, a Supreme Court, which is not a terribly democratic institution. You know, you have these lifetime appointments. You know, obviously they get Senate confirmation.
0: And And they wear robes. They wear
3: robes. robes.
2: That is true. And and there's so many other different things. Just like there's all these papers and websites out there, there is a Wookiepedia, not to be confused with Wikipedia, (laughs) Wookiepedia has mapped out this entire universe and it's like, oh, the Appropriations Subcommittee played a very big role in so-and-so. I was looking for the rules of order. I was a little disappointed about that. (laughs) It's not complete. There's always room for more. But, like, we were all finding, like, academic papers on this stuff.
0: Yeah, when I tweeted out that we were taping this podcast, somebody sent me what I believe is actually an academic paper titled, It's a Trap, Emperor Palpatine's Poison Pill.
2: It's a trap! (laughs) It's
0: a trap!
2: (laughs) (laughs) But... And I mean, I think, like, uh, and and we're finding all of these, like, political wormholes, because that's what we're into. But, you know, Seth Maskett pointed out that there's all sorts of conversations happening in other parts of the world, too. This is a couple minutes of our conversation with him.
1: I mean, I'm assuming there are... Uh, hardcore structural engineer nerds who talk about, you know, the construction of a Death Star, and there are linguistic nerds who are trying to break down bocce and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it, I imagine it works on a number of different subspecialties.
3: There are also economists who have calculated uh, how much it would cost uh, as a percentage of GDP to build the Death Star, and um, what sort of impact the destruction of the Death Star and the building of the second Death Star would have had on the galactic economy. Yeah, I've been reading some of that, it's good stuff. <laughs>
0: so are you approaching the new films with excitement or dread <laughs> i
1: am cautiously optimistic i mean i you know actually i'm I'm crazy enthusiastic but i you know i also recognize a fair chance just given what we know from history
2: that they might not be that great
0: all right guys so are you approaching these films with excitement or dread
2: i'll say this um watching all 3 prequels in a row the last week was at times a frustrating slog but in the middle of all of that a commercial from the new movie came on and i was actually like fist pumping like excited about it can't wait to see it so i have very high hopes and Though I do not have tickets purchased yet, I will definitely like there is zero percent chance I will show up to work Monday having not seen this movie.
0: And although I will be in Manchester, New Hampshire for the Democratic debate, I intend on the morning of the Democratic debate to go to a 9 a.m. 3D showing, just fitting it in amongst the reporting.
3: And uh, I've got to say that whenever I've seen the new trailers and I see the X-Wings and the dogfights, I think, oh, it's still going to be so cool, isn't
0: it? (laughs) We are all 12 again. And this has been the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Tamara Keith.
2: I'm Scott Detrow. I feel like it should be the Pod Racing Podcast or the Pod Racing Cast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Brett Neely.
0: Join us next time and may the force be with you.